0: Let me tell you about my Jesus
1: I want to welcome you to Jesus for Real Life. I am Cindy Davis, and I'll be your host today. And I want to thank you for spending some time with us, grab a cup of coffee, snuggle up on the couch, prop those kids up in front of the uh, cartoons, and uh, and just hang out with us. And I am so excited because I have one of my favorite people in the whole wide world, my sister, Pastor Julia Youngblood, and she is the co-pastor with her husband, Mike, of uh, my church, Harvest Fellowship Church in Young Harris. So welcome, and thank you. Thank you for being here. Oh, thank
0: you, Cindy. It's an honor and a joy to be here with you. And I know that every time we get together, we have a wonderful time (laughs) and just have a blast. And and we just we're nonstop talking and laughing about the goodness of God. Mm -hmm. And so it's an honor to be here today. I'm so excited to be here.
1: Well, and I know that that I have heard it said before that um, there are some people that feel they can't get a word in edgewise with us. I don't, so, I don't think they can. No, yeah, you, know, you just you would just really have to, you know, either raise your hand or take a breath and just just sh- you know spit it out. You got something to say? You got to spit it out because oh, yeah. one of the two of us is going to be talking. Oh yeah,
0: but we know how to have a good time, don't we? Yes, we, we do. And we that's what's so great about you know being Christian. Sometimes people think well, being a Christian is a boring life, but actually it's a fun life. And it it's it a, absolutely you know, is. We have the
1: joy of the Lord; He's our strength, mm-hmm. and uh, so you yeah, know people we have a talk. Time. Well, people talk about all the stuff that you well you you can't do that now because. you're you're a Christian you can't do that now because you're a Christian it's like no but I get to do all this other stuff you know oh yeah, oh, so, yeah. it's wonderful so it's, it's funny I want to which reminded me of something is that let's talk about for a minute about the change that that c- overcomes you when you do become a Christian that people should see I'm totally throwing her off her notes here uh, ch- that people should see a change in you
0: Yes, yeah, um, I, you know, the scripture, I want to share a scripture here that I have on my mind today uh, from Second uh, Corinthians uh, chapter 5, and it's uh, verse 17, it says, therefore, if any man or I can say woman, <laughs> be in Christ, he is, or, or I said should say he or she is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. So let me say that one more time. When you become a new creature in Jesus Christ, when you give your life to Jesus, that old things have passed away, and behold, all things become new. And basically, when you get saved, so to speak, and we, know, we all know John 3, 16, mm-hmm. for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever. Believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You know, when you get saved. It doesn't mean that you're going to be perfect. No, you're still going to make some mistakes. You're going to have some struggles. Mm-hmm. You're going to have those little things that come up, and you know we're not perfect. None no, of we're us are not. perfect. We just striving to live for God and do what's right. But I believe that when Jesus comes, when He truly comes into our life and becomes our Lord and our Savior, Cindy, that people will see even sometimes a radiance, you know, mm-hmm. on your face. They can Absolutely. tell about your countenance. And mm-hmm. I remember when my uh, my husband, when he got saved when he went into the air force now he was raised up in the church of god and he knew about god but he did not make that change to accept jesus christ into his life until he was actually uh in the air force and they on sunday testimony yes yes, and he had gone to church they said now you can either work or you can go to church (laughs) it was on a sunday and he said i'm going to church there you go and the holy spirit got a hold of him. He felt that convicting power of the Holy Spirit and he gave his life to Jesus and it was truly a change because you know he used to drink and smoke and and have that partying lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Good person. Good man. Right. But just had those addictions and those things that he was partaking of. But he knew that God was calling him that day and for him to get saved And, and I'll have to tell this because when he came home from Texas, when he came home to Georgia and his mom and dad saw him, they knew instantly that there had been a change, that the smile on his face, mm-hmm. they could tell in his his eyes and everything, the way he walked and everything, they said he is a new man. Absolutely. And, um, and I, I do believe that because it takes you time, too. If you've been lit, used to living out in the world and hanging out with certain people, mm-hmm. then, you know, it, it's not always an instant change. It takes time, you know. It, you it, kind of it have to grow into to, it. You know, to build new friendships, mm-hmm. to do things. But there is definitely a change that you will see. And, um, you know, so I, I, I feel like, you know, if you haven't felt any changes, then I think that we need to take a look at the you know, the the to salvation reassess to, to reassess if, it and see if you really got saved. But there's always a change. And i I got so excited. I've been watching the revival that took place a couple of weeks ago from the first Free Will Baptist Absolutely, and pastor Chris Rumsfeld. Um what anointed move of God that was going on over there. And um I didn't personally get to attend. I know you and Bill had got to go several nights but we did. Mike and I didn't get to go, but we watched online. Mm-hmm. And um, seeing people make that change and ask Jesus Christ into their lives, um, it just, um, it I had tears you know just Absolutely. coming down my face but with joy and there were so see. many young people
1: yes there were there and there were. were a lot of young people who not only were they professing you know and being saved they were saying you know I feel God calling right. me to you know to you know into the ministry yes and at that young age I mean there's a lot of people at a young age that get called oh yeah yeah
0: and uh, it doesn't matter um, what age you are you know God is no, respecter no persons that, you know uh, it does in fact you know a lot of people will debate this I'm not here to defend myself but I believe that God can call man, woman, boy or girl mm-hmm. a- into ministry absolutely as long agree. as you are a child of the most high God and you've made that decision to make Jesus the Lord of your life. He can call anyone and I remember a story. My mother, she's gone on to be with the Lord now about three and a half years now but she was called into ministry as a, a young girl mm-hmm. and uh, she was a charter member of the Middle Valley Church of God in okay. Tennessee and her, and her uh, mama and I uh, I remember she would ta- tell stories about how God would wake her up in the middle of the night and would give her um, just scriptures and, and and messages. And she knew one day that, you know, she would be in ministry. And therefore, she started teaching Sunday school and different things. Mm-hmm. And then later on, got married. My dad was called into ministry and pastored church for 46 years. And then when I was young, I can say this. When I was eight years old, I, I gave my heart and life to Jesus and uh, then baptized in the Holy Ghost at age nine. And uh, got baptized, uh, also water baptism. And um, I'll never forget God called me at a young age as well. Mm -hmm. I knew at the age of 11 or 12, I believe it was, that one day I was going to be pastoring and going to marry a preacher. And it was prophesied over me. There was an anointed man of God, uh, Brother Gene Rice from the Church of God. And uh, he prophesied that one day I was going to marry a preacher from Georgia. Now, at that time, we were living in Arizona, Phoenix, Arizona. Mm -hmm. My dad was pastor in the Cathedral of the Valley Church of God. And he came by, uh, Brother Gene Rice, uh, he was on an an assignment from the Church of God out of Cleveland, Tennessee, and he was there and doing ministry, and he had some other preacher friends with him on this ministry trip, and uh, while we were there, he said, he looked over and he said, God's calling you into ministry, and one day you'll marry a a preacher from Georgia, and then after years later, after Mike and I got married, my dad brought that same preacher by to see us at our first house, and he said, Said this is what you prophesied. Wow! And God brought, and then he got to see a little bit of this area and uh, in the ministry and the work that we have here going on in Young Harris, Georgia. So, um, it, you know, God is so awesome. He's, he's it's a wonderful life. Um, he always provides for us. He always opens doors of opportunity to minister to meet wonderful people like you and Bill and different ones. And it's just um, it's a blessed life. It is it's a blessed life. Is. and
1: seeing God work in other people's yes. lives that's, that's exciting. A joy. That is very exciting yeah.
0: and I told somebody one day I said um, they said Julia what do you like the most in life I said really I like to encourage people and I like to um, mentor and pour into people uh, in ministry and music and, and to teach people because my greatest joy and I guess the the excitement that comes on me it's like somebody handing me a million dollars is when I see someone learning in music mm-hmm. and someone learning in ministry because um, my background you know is in in as music and teaching yes, and, 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 music. Teaching. and um, but when I see them get a hold of that but even even as much as I love music when I see people give their life to Jesus Christ and then called into ministry mm-hmm. that excites me even more than the music. But Because I know they've made the most important Mm -hmm. decision that they'll ever make in their life is to serve God and live for Him. Well, and and I can totally
1: relate to that because, and I think I told you this last week, that one of the biggest joys of my heart is watching my own husband. Oh, yeah. And the growth that, you know, even though I was raised in the church, he was not. Uh And so we have been at Harvest Fellowship for a little over two years, Mm -hmm. uh, about two and a half years, I guess now. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you have mentored him. Uh And um, I remember, it's probably been Maybe six months ago that you gave him a task on Sunday morning during (laughs) service uh, just to, you know, to bring a little, you know, short message about the offering and then pray over the offering. Uh And he was terrified the first time. But to watch him, but Mm -hmm. to watch him to, to study because he does have to study mm-hmm. it doesn't spew out of his mouth like it does for some people like uh, it does for you mm-hmm, maybe for me mm-hmm, or other people mm-hmm. that have been brought up and you know are, are more trained in the Bible right. and so he has to study and to sit and watch him do that study and put his message together and then to present it because you know you can put a microphone in my hand and I can talk all day about nothing but he was never like that he's more of a behind the scenes guy and so now he is he's growing into you know into his call Mm-hmm. Of of being able to teach and to talk and to present and mm-hmm. it's that has been probably one of the biggest joys for me is just watching him study and present. That's awesome. And so I can imagine when watching other people, you know, you get to do it on a bigger scale. Mm-hmm. Well, when he is up there and he's
0: sharing and ministering, um, he's doing a fantastic job, and God is leading and guiding, and directing him. But what's awesome too is it that excites and encourages others Mm -hmm. um that haven't been a part and it it you know he's just an example Mm -hmm. for others to follow by and uh and that's the main thing in ministry that um that when we get excited about the call of god on our lives and what he's doing but it's contagious for others and attracts them mm-hmm. to want to you sure know, it's kind of like a domino effect Absolutely. i'm always talking about that you know you know, have you seen those dominoes fall mm-hmm. down in that line you know you touch one then the x one another person touches somebody then somebody else touches somebody and uh it's like the gift that keeps giving uh, given you know goes on and
1: on well and somebody could say you know that well gosh you know if he can do it and i know that he wasn't raised in the church if he mm-hmm. can do it then I bet I could do it, you know, and exactly that it it does that. So So what a blessing. I want to ask you, because you were a teacher in Uh in the Towns County School System, Mm -hmm. and how did you deal with not being able to minister to your students? I mean, that had to be tough. It was
0: difficult. Now, one thing I will say the platform there I always honored the school system mm-hmm. you know in respect and I still do um, I worked with phenomenal people um, the board of education the school system um, just loved it absolutely the people there um, fantastic um, however being under that so to speak mantle Okay, of working there and being under a contract. I did honor not mixing, you know, church and state um, and everything. You have to be very careful about that. But if someone did come to me before school or after school, Mm -hmm. okay, um, I usually tried to keep it either before or after school. If a student would come to me and say, will you please pray for me? Mm -hmm. um, Yes, absolutely. If they were having a hard time. um, And even some students would come to my classroom that didn't have anything to eat. And I always had food in my in my desk drawers and, and they knew I did. Mm-hmm. And they'd come to my door and students that it didn't even take chorus and drama um, they would come and I would give them whatever. If I had snack cakes, cookies, whatever, they knew they could come and I was going to feed them. <laughs> and I think I got that from my grandmother because every time you go by my grandmother's house, she always had food. You did not leave there without exactly. something Exactly. Well, grandmothers are like uh, to that. Yes. Take a bag with you. And you do the and, same and thing and with I was your grandchildren. Like so they used to line up at my door. <laughs> <laughs> they would line up at my door before before class and after class and stuff and um and that was a great joy because being able just to show love and
1: hospitality to those mm-hmm. students they knew we cared but they knew and, you um, were they knew you know they knew they you were knew. A christian you they know knew. you it radiates across over you you know you've just yeah. got this halo and aura no
0: i don't know but i'm not perfect but i will say i tried to use before and after after school more of a time where I could kind of minister to people but now th- I, there were a few occasions somebody would come to me and they were broken hearted and I just had to give them a hug and say Jesus loves you, Absolutely. you know? and I did not deny do. Yeah. I didn't but I did honor I did honor my job as a music teacher Sure. and I did teach that but they knew that my principles that I was not going to uh, do something that was going to be go just blatantly against the right. word of God yeah. I just wasn't and there were so- certain songs Choices. Mm, Uh, There were certain songs I was not going to do. Songs that had (laughs) profanity. No, absolutely. Encouraged a lifestyle that wasn't pure. I mean, that wouldn't be a good example um, as a as a teacher Mm -hmm. and you know being um, you know ethical. I Mm -hmm. wanted to um, have the right. You know, I wanted to be the right role model sure. for students, so. and I'm sure that you yeah. were. But, it, um, but anyway, I loved them. And
1: yeah. if you're just tuning in, you are listening to Jesus for Real Life, and this is Cindy Dave's, your host, and I have in the studio with me today. I have Pastor Julia Youngblood from Harvest Fellowship Church, and she and her husband Mike Youngblood are just awesome co pastors there, and just really, you know. And I want to thank um, Harvest Fellowship for um, sponsoring our show today, and for you being in here in the studio with us. So I know we talked about, you know the revival that's going on and wanting to talk about prayer. Yes. So let's spend some time and talk about the importance of prayer. Well, prayer, I will
0: say this, prayer precedes, Every revival that has ever taken place, you know, I look back at Azusa Street uh, mm-hmm. revival, um, and actually, it started out with a man by the name of William Seymour. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> his name was Seymour, mm-hmm. and, and no, he's not spelled like that. But the thing about it is, he was a one-eyed black man, or not, uh, blind man, not black man, one-eyed blind man. Mm-hmm. But his name Wait was a Seymour. Was it Seymour? One eye, was he blind or both? He No, I'm sorry, he was blind in one eye, okay. so he only had one eye, okay. but His name was Seymour. (laughs) That's kind of interesting, but um, but God used him in that in that revival in Azusa Azusa Street. And uh, there's so many other revivals that, but we don't have time to allude to them today. Um, But. Before every revival, even the revival at Pensacola that took place uh-huh. back in the nineties, uh-huh. and uh, with um, doc- um, I don't think he's doctor, but Pastor John Kilpatrick, and uh, was the pastor there at the church then Pensacola uh, Assembly of God, and then he had Steve Hill was the evangelist that where that ministry began i believe it started out actually on a father's day wow is okay. when that revival broke loose but there was prayer the pastor was praying and praying for a revival to come and he was a little discouraged because you know i i guess there wasn't a lot of people praying and mm-hmm. he was in fact i think that he was at the point of he was even considering resigning the church Right before. And that shows how the enemy will try to come in and bring discouragement. Mm -hmm. Some of your greatest breakthroughs come right after a discouragement you know or right before or right after um, a discouraging time and so um, he had been praying and then the revival he was thinking about giving up and, and moving wow. on to another church but God allowed revival to break forth as a result of prayer and so you know they they go together I, I said they're kind of like twins you know you you have prayer you have revival mm-hmm. and you will a lot of times you will not see people want to see revival but don't, they don't realize that revival is birthed through prayer right. ministry Ministries in churches, women's ministries are impacted and come forth and grow as a result of prayer. Men's fellowships grow, and they're impacted by the power of prayer. Children's ministries, salvations, and, you know, I believe that every great— Man and woman um, in ministry, they will always tell you that, yes, we prayed before the Great Revival broke loose. And so um, we have prayer. God spoke to me, and uh, and I mentioned this to my husband, Pastor Mike. I said, I believe that it is a set time that we are to bring the prayer, the designated time of prayer. Not that we hadn't been praying every Wednesday, mm-hmm. but God said on Tuesday mornings, weekly, weekly. Tuesday mornings at 9 a.m., we now have prayer back, set back. Um, because before COVID, we had different times scheduled for prayer. But God said this is the set time on Tuesday mornings at 9 a.m. for prayer for one hour, a one hour of prayer. At Harvest now, Fellowship. At Harvest Fellowship okay. Church, yes. And then Wednesdays, we still have our Wednesday nights where we have the food at 6. Mm-hmm. And then Bible study and we'll have prayer and then choir practice from 7.30 to 8.30. But God has called us back to that set time. To open it up. And it started out with just a few of us. But I'm um, opening it up if there's people in the community that want to come by. They can. And that's good. I also want to talk about Awake America. Absolutely, uh, I yes. don't have, this is another designated prayer time. Uh, Sister Lydia Dockery. Her brother, um, Pastor Asa Dockery, down mm-hmm. at uh, World Harvest Church, um, they um, have s- started years ago the Wake America Prayer, and I believe it is the um, on Thursdays. Now today we met at eleven. Eleven fifty nine, we met in Towns County yes. at the Civic Center. Mm-hmm. That was the time for Towns County, okay. and then last Thursday at eleven fifty nine, I guess it's the first Thursday of the month, was Union County. They met. So now first I don't Thursday know the, is Union, and second yes, Thursday yes, is Towns. Yes, but I don't know all the details, so I don't want to step out of turn, right, and say when and where. But Lydia Dockery has the Awake America, and it was a joy and honor, and I'm glad you got to come today. Yes, with I us. did. I really enjoyed and, um, it, and it was uh, just uh, you could feel the presence of God there in the room at the Civic Center but Awake America is where we're praying for the school system we're praying for leaders we're praying for our nation and uh, all various various topics Mm -hmm. that we prayed for today it was wonderful
1: yeah we spent you know in talking about that we spent about an hour together it started at Uh 1159 we were done right about one o'clock right and just you know just praying like you said about the different things going on the different you know different entities our EMTs and our teachers and our leaders and our you know Students right. and you know unborn babies. I mean that yes. one got you know that's just you know there's just so much that that needs to be prayed over mm-hmm. and it's you know it's really scary and it's funny because you know so many times people think that because you're a Christian like you said that right. nothing bad is going to happen to mm-hmm. you anymore. Mm-hmm the Bible has never said that once we become a Christian that nothing bad is ever going to happen. Mm-hmm. What the Bible says is that no weapon formed against you will prosper. Right. It doesn't say no weapons will be formed against you.
0: <laughs> That's right. There's a
1: big difference and mm-hmm. and the enemy, you know, when you're doing good, mm-hmm. the enemy's going to get in there and attack. I right. mean, just absolutely, is absolutely going to do that and it, you know, it's scary but, and mm-hmm. so sometimes it's kind of like, you know, we've seen those memes where the guy's digging, you know, he's digging in, underground in a mine or something and he's almost to the gold and he's just like you know inches away and he gets started digging and he stops yes with it if you just persevered and pushed through mm-hmm. a little bit further and a little bit further right. that you would have gotten the prize and you just it i mean you do you have to persevere right Right. You know, I mentioned uh, that you mentioned that persevering. I was
0: talking the other day and as I was preaching at um, Harvest Fellowship Church there in Young Harris, I was talking about when you're praying, a lot of times you're digging up roots, Mm -hmm. roots of envy, roots of jealousy, roots of sin and different things. And and it's not an easy, it's not a pretty thing. And sometimes being an intercessory prayer, somebody that will pray for others and Mm -hmm. the needs of others, but having that heart of compassion. I was reminded about uh, Job in the book of Job chapter 42. It said that when Job started going through all of the um, devastation in his life and losing his family, his cattle, and everything that he owned, he was praying for himself. Mm -hmm. But there was a real change that came. It says that God turned the captivity and distract you know the distraction and the devastation of Job he turned it around when he began to pray for his friends Mm -hmm, for other something powerful Mm -hmm. that happens when you pray for others and you literally want the best for him it's like the second commandment Mm -hmm. you know loving your neighbor as yourself when you pray for your neighbors and you pray for people to be blessed and you pray for God to just come down and do awesome things in their life that's when God will turn around great things for you and um i'm telling you when you see people that are strongly blessed you'll see that they have hearts of compassion there's no selfishness in their life they they're blessed highly of god in in god's work in their life you will not see jealousy in that selfish spirit because it i mean it just really shakes you when you think about god not only did god turn the captivity and when when joe began to pray for his friends but he also gave him double and mm-hmm. my husband always likes to say he gave him double for his trouble, and, uh, but he learned a lot through that. When you pray, when believe for God to do things in other people's lives, he's going to allow those great things to come for you.
1: And yeah. I'm going to tie your hands because I'm going to tell you we've got about a minute and a half left. <laughs> okay. A minute and a half, so can you okay. close us up in prayer yes. in a minute and a half? Yes, I'll try my best. Okay, go.
0: Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day, for this opportunity. Thank you for uh, Bill and Cindy Daves and and their dedication and their sacrifice to be faithful to you in our church locally and abroad. Father, they just want to touch somebody else's life for you. And Father, I thank you that they have allowed me an opportunity to come and just share Jesus with them, this real life Jesus time. And Father, I pray for those that are going to be listening to this broadcast. Lord, that you would touch them. Maybe they're struggling. Father, that they need a Savior. And Father, all they have to do is say, Jesus, I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. Come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me from all unrighteous and that's how they can become a new creature and creation mm-hmm. in you and father that they will find you and it'll be the greatest decision that they've ever made in their life because you are everything you're our life our strength our joy and our peace and our happiness and we give you all glory and honor and praise for your goodness and mercy Amen.
1: Amen. I think you just about did it. And I want to thank you for listening to Jesus for Real Life and for Pastor Julia for you being here with us. And until next week, have a great week. Make sure and um, spend some time in prayer.